On today's show, Yuso Parsonen sent down to the Milwaukee Admirals what went wrong in his season for the Nashville Predators, plus Barry Trotz making calls with other teams ahead of the trade deadline, which Preds players may be shipped elsewhere, and what might the Preds be looking for in return. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys, and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ian Kimmel. I'm a writer at The Hockey News. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. On today's show, it's time to talk trades, or at the very least, theoretical trades. Uh, we heard Barry Trotz says he's making some calls with other teams ahead of the March trade deadline, which, believe it or not, folks, is right around the corner. Uh, 2024 has kind of flown by so far. Uh, that leads us to question, hey, where does Tyson Berry potentially going to wind up? Is Dante Fabro going to land anywhere? Could Alexander Carrier or Yakov Trenin be traded? Maybe even somebody like Kiefer Sherwood or Cole Smith on an expiring contract. We'll talk about that coming up on today's show. But first, uh, big news yesterday for Nashville Predators fans, Yuso Parsonen. Uh, the darling of last year's teams, a very good call-up last year. Uh, and somebody who a lot of people forget, Anne, was on the number one line to begin this season. Uh, now headed back to Milwaukee. Um, and your thoughts on Yuso Parson and going to the Admirals. First of all, I thought it was interesting to see the reaction on social media to this because I think it was it widely varied. Um, and I kind of land somewhere in the middle. I obviously Yuso Parsonen is not having the season that he would want to have, you know, 44 games played, eight goals, 12 points. Um, so you know, maybe not the production that the team had anticipated. Like you said, this was somebody who started training camp. He was playing on a top line. Um, so the season hasn't necessarily gone the way that they've wanted for you. So person but this kind of falls back to what we talked about on yesterday's episode about confidence. And I wonder if this may be something that we see perhaps a little bit. There's not a lot of other players who can actually go to Milwaukee safely that are waivers exempt. So, you know, you kind of yeah. have to be careful about that, but this is one that is, and why would you not take a minute? This is somebody who was a healthy scratch in the last game. He's been a healthy scratch a couple of times. He's playing bottom line minutes. Why would you not send him back to Milwaukee where he is very quickly in Milwaukee going to kind of get back to his game and get back to his style of play? There's really, this is a low risk potential 
potential high reward move by the Predators. Is it popular? No. Do I hate to see it happen? Yes. But I think, you know, at this point, Andrew Brunette has tried a lot of things with changing the lineup, with doing the healthy scratch resets, with working with these younger players who maybe aren't producing. This is a low risk, high reward move. And I don't think that this is something where we are not going to see you. So Parson and back, I would expect that Parson and will be back um, relatively quickly because I don't think it's going to take him long to get back to Milwaukee, to get his skates under him, to find his shot again, to kind of build that confidence back up. Not, not a huge sense of panic for me about this one. How about you? No, I mean, and to be honest, and there, there shouldn't be any panic about this. He's a 22 year old. Um, had a lot of success last year. You know, we're talking about his stats, um, you know, in this year, 44 games, eight goals, four assists. Last year, he only played in 45 games and right. had six goals and 19 assists for 25 points. So he's way behind uh, where he was last year. And I think that's maybe now that the the number of games from last year, this year have leveled out and people are seeing, oh, he's not even halfway to where he was point total last year. Yeah. I think that's what I think opened a lot of people's eyes. And, you know, it's, it's sad because he started hot. Right. You know, he really did start hot. Uh, really good first couple of weeks with the team uh, kind of got cold there uh, in like weeks three and four, got shuffled back towards the back of the lineup. And that's where Gustav Nyquist came in and sort of cemented his spot on that number one role. Right. And, you know, I still think at that point we're like, okay, well, that's not bad for Yuso Parsonen. Like he can still come in, you know, be third line center, um, you know, behind Colton Sissons or maybe even on the wing, you know, kind of play that good sort of two way style of hockey. We saw him play, be good on the penalty kill. Um, and it's just, it, I think it's nothing we really anticipated Parson or Parsonen being able to do this year has come to fruition. And yeah. again, I'm, it's not a panic move. It's just something to kind of reset his confidence. Uh, hey, I mean, we saw Tommy Novak have a so-so 10-game stint with the Predators go down to Milwaukee for pretty much an entire year, entire calendar year, and then come back and just do gangbusters. So, right. you know, for Parsonen, it's still a slow burn, uh, I think, the fact that he was kind of a diamond in the rough in the draft to begin with, you know, basically True. means there's no expectations of him needing to be 23, 24 years old and leading the Preds and scoring or anything like that. So they have the opportunity and he's waivers exempt to just go right. back, um, you know, sort of reset his confidence a little bit and, and maybe play top line minutes in Milwaukee and maybe build uh, some a, a, a little bit of a touch there. The other thing I think that will help him in Milwaukee is last season, one of the things that we saw from Yuso Parson, and is this was somebody that was playing on the power play unit. Of course, they were dropping like flies, so there was an opportunity for him to be on the power play unit. He had a power play goal. He had eight power play um, points when he was here for those 45 games. He also was huge in big moments. This is somebody who had three game-winning goals, you know, and and I think going back to Milwaukee puts him back in opportunities to sort of refine that, to get back in maybe on the power play in Milwaukee, to be the guy that's like, yeah, that's right, I handle big moments in big games. So kind of giving him those moments, again, that he's not going to get right here in Nashville, I think that's really going to help him. So no 
no panic to this. I don't think this speaks anything long-term at all over you so Parson. And I do think we'll see him back here in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the other question, Anne. Mm -hmm. uh, so Predators now have an empty roster spot on the 23-man roster. I mean, they still have 13 forwards and seven defensemen, so they have an extra person both ways. Right. Um, do you anticipate them maybe filling that spot with some new blood, like we talked about yesterday? I would not be at all surprised to see them make a Milwaukee call up, especially ahead of this three-game road trip. This will be a really good time to kind of bring somebody in and get them with the team focused three game road trip right before the all-star break. It's again, low risk potential, medium to high reward. couple players, of course, you know me, I'm like, where is Spencer Stasny? Please. Yeah, so you would go defenseman. <laughs> um, you know what? It makes more sense, I think, probably to bring up Igor Afanasyev, who has done literally everything he can do in Milwaukee so far this season to earn himself an opportunity with the Nashville Predators. So I do think it will be Igor. I think Igor has earned this opportunity. I think there is something to be said for bringing in a forward, a young forward who is playing with a ton of confidence. If you watch these Milwaukee Admirals games, Igor is playing with as much confidence as I've seen him. He just feels very comfortable. He is taking really wise risks. He's playing uh, an aggressive game, but, but a smart game. I think he just feels very confident in, in his decision-making in his skill set. And there is something to be said about bringing in a confident player and sticking him on a line. We talked about confidence is contagious. So I suspect if they call, recall somebody, it's going to be Igor and right. You know, that's fine. I also am like, I would love to see more Spencer Stasny. Yeah. It, do you go like that same thing you did last year, which is try to get that, uh, you know, that that magic by bringing in all those young players up like yeah. you know, Tomasino and, um, you know, uh, Luke Evangelista all at the same time and just let them cook and see what yeah. happens. Like, do you see do that? Happened. Do that do that same thing again? Or it's, since you're sort of in a playoff spot right now, like, do you maybe be a little bit more methodical about who you bring up, like Mark Jankowski, right. uh, Jasper right. Weatherby, who is has some NHL-level experience. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to see if the Preds make a corresponding move. I'm with you, Anne. I personally would love to see a younger person. I think Afanasiev is the obvious one, A, because I think he's had the better season in Milwaukee. Right. Out of the group B because just because he's been around the team for so long, you kind of got to see what you have in him at some point yeah. sooner or later. Um, so I would not be surprised uh, if that is the pick. Uh, yeah. But I also at the same time also wouldn't be surprised if we see Mark Jankowski back in the lineup here. Who also is, you know, he's the goal leader in Milwaukee. He's having a great yeah. season as well. So, and it's tricky. Nashville success makes this a, a, a trickier decision than if they were meeting what we thought were going to be expectations at this time of year. They're, they're in a playoff spot. So mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more tricky of a decision. What you do with some of these call-ups. So we'll see what they do. Uh, speaking of tricky decisions, because you're in a playoff spot, the trade deadline Oof. is coming up, Anne, uh, and the Nashville Predators have a playoff spot right now, but they also have some guys that they kind of want to trade. How is Barry Trotz going to handle the trade deadline? That's a topic we're going to discuss coming up here in just one second. First, though, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. 
We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. That's because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. So you can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging potential mm -hmm. candidates and scheduling interviews so you can connect with candidates faster. And there are over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. So Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible at indeed.com slash locked on. Again, go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying the Locked On Predators podcast sent you. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, and trade deadline right around the corner for the Nashville Predators. You know, this uh, yeah. stresses me out. This stresses yes. me out. I love it. You hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's like and Christmas. last year just confirmed that it's nothing but heartbreak. How are you doing, Matthias Ekholm? <laughs> like, yeah, or Mikhail Granlin somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, San Jose. Not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's all you need to say about us here is he is currently in San Jose. I think he's injured, too. Maybe he's back. But we're thinking of you, Mikhail Granlin. I don't know. I've missed it on my daily San Jose Sharks <laughs> wrap up that I do every night before bed. That's right. Um, so the Nashville Predators have a playoff spot. Still, we talked about it before the season. There's probably going to be some moves being made for the Predators this year. Uh, Barry Trotz uh, is reportedly it's still making calls on trades. Uh, he said on 1025 the game earlier this week that he's been reaching out to some teams trying to make um a couple of deals done is, is what he said um and it's interesting and this trade down is going to be interesting because if the nashville predators are still kind of where they are right now you know in a playoff spot you know or just right outside in striking distance yeah it's going to be a tough decision for barry trotz because you also you, you want to get some value. You want to think long term. You want to start building your roster around some of these younger pieces. But at the same time, you also don't want to disrupt what you have going here. Yeah, this is such a, a unexpected, I would say, and tricky situation for Barry Trotz. Not that I don't have full confidence he can navigate it, but. You know, I think when we went into the season, this is a reset. We thought, hey, the trade deadline, anything can happen because the Predators, first of all, have we have cash to spend, as Vivian Ward said in the boutique on Rodeo Drive. I have cash to spend. Barry Trotz does. Um, I don't know who that is, but go on. Okay, it's in Pretty Woman, and we're going to have to have a whole seminar on this. But we'll get we'll get you, we'll get Nick up to speed, friends. Okay. So, you know, you would think going into the season, you know, anything really can happen at the trade deadline, but you're right. The Predators really have to weigh two very different things and find 
a narrow path through the trade deadline because you don't just want to throw away the fact that the Predators are in a playoff position. You know, that getting into the playoffs, I don't think anybody is saying, hey, the National Predators, they're going to make a deep cup run. Nobody is saying that. But the value of making it to the playoffs, the value that these young players will get navigating their first playoffs, you know, at this age, this is hugely beneficial. So you don't want to just throw that away. The flip side is you still have to make moves that get you ready to be a cup contender two seasons from now, three seasons from now, four seasons from now. Yeah. And those moves may have to happen right now. And the Predators have a slew of UFA and RFAs that they have to make decisions on anyway. So you don't want to you don't want to lose someone for free if right. you can get something in return for it. So this is very tricky. And I also think you have to factor in what we had to factor in last year. And that is the UC Soros trade rumors because they're they're a stirring, my friends. Now, yeah. Do you really think, do you think that Barry Trotz is going to trade Soros? Like, wh where do you feel like this, this decision is for him? I, I don't think it's going to be anytime yeah. soon. Right. Um, I think that, you know, in, in the rumors you're referencing is, is it came up on Elliot Friedman's 32 thoughts, um, basically said the expectation is that the Barry Trotz wants to keep him in Nashville long-term, uh, right. wants to re-sign him when his contract is up after next season, uh, but basically said, look, if there's a team out there that's going to blow me away with an offer, right. uh, I'll, I'll listen, which is which is what his messaging on UC Soros has been for the past few years. I'm so um, surprised that it was such big news. This comment was such because yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't he? Of course, you're going to listen to a, a reasonable offer because that's your job. I was surprised that people were like, "Ooh, I'm like y'all simmer down now." He's just he's just chatting. Yeah, was that was that the Nashville Predators fans going ooh, or was that like the, that was the National Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs like <laughs> licking their chops, thinking there's a franchise bully around the corner? Yeah, we yeah. But I don't know what, where did it come from? Which peanut gallery? Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody in Nashville is super concerned that, that no. he's going to trade Soros. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that the reaction people were like, oh, Soros might be on the market. Y'all, he's on the market like every other player's on the market at this time of year. Come on now. It's going to be an offseason move, if anything, because yeah. I think you look at the teams around the league and it's like, what are you going to get from the Toronto Maple Leafs right now who are, yeah. you know, have negative cap space? Yeah. Are the, you know, are the Maple Leafs going to want to give us like, you know, a bunch of star players or meaningful like top six forwards or top six defensemen in the middle of what may be the most important season of their existence right, right now? Uh, no, they're not going to no. want to tear down their team to add a franchise goaltender. And that's what's, uh, that's what it's going to take to get UC Soros. UC Soros isn't just going to be, uh, oh, here's a couple of first round picks and, uh, you know, a young prospect oh, uh, no friends. may or may not be good. Um, uh, yeah, like that's, those kind of trades aren't going to work. Um, mm. it's going to require a package to get UC Soros. And I think Number one is uh, there's a lot of teams in need of goaltending right now that aren't necessarily going to be in a good position to do that. Correct. Uh, and number two, um, yeah, like it's it's 
yeah, like that's that's going to be the asking price. And the the other thing is there may be some teams out there that don't want to meet that price even in the summer that are going to look at, you know, like Aiden Hill last year in, in mm-hmm. Vegas and be like, look, they just had a guy that they really like get hot at the right time. And in the system, he's working really, really well. Let's just hope that happens to us. And maybe they don't want to, you know, risk you know, sending a bunch of futures and a prospect and a good player for a goaltender that, Hey, if he's like what he's done this year, isn't really going to lead your team to the promised land. So I think the goaltending market is a tricky situation too. And because of that, you know, the Nashville Predators may look at this whole, you know, this picture of UC Soros and go, look, it's not going to be worth, we're not going to get like a rebuilding jumpstart package to, you know, send him anywhere. So it feels like the best course of action should just be let's keep him here and have him help us. Yes, I agree. I, you know, there are some teams you're talking about that like, man, if they landed UC Soros, that really pushes them over the top. You know, you, you're talking about teams in contention like the Oilers. You're talking about Toronto. You're talking about Carolina. New Jersey Devils would right. really like to get themselves uh, a goaltender. But you hit the nail on the head. They don't. A, you don't. Y'all don't have the money. And B, what what would the Predators get back for where the Nashville Predators are? That is going to be meaningful enough to part ways with UC Soros. I just don't see how a trade is done. The other thing I would point out is breaking news from Kevin Weeks's forehead this morning said that Peter Mrazek is signing an $8 million. I believe it was an $8 million deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. That changes what you ask for with UC Soros. I'm sorry if Peter Mrazek is getting, and God love him and God speed and bless you and your 8 million, but that changes what the asking price is for somebody like UC Soros. Well, yeah, because that's, the, I would say Morazic was probably the biggest name on the market. Uh, yeah. And also <laughs> that contract means he's making $750,000 less than UC Saros, uh, which means, uh, yeah, UC Saros is going to get paid by yeah. whichever team signs his next contract. Uh, there's other situations besides the goaltending and True. a lot of unrestricted free agents. Who could be some of the Predators? Tyson Berry, most likely to be moved at this deadline. And what could the Preds realistically get in return? Where might some of these players be a good fit? We're going to tackle that topic coming up in just one second. First, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the Sleeper app. We are almost to the all-star break. We're making that last push till the February break. But regardless of where the Nashville Predators end up when this break kicks in, want to remind you that you can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports. It is so fun, so easy, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do on Sleeper is pick whether players will record more or less than their Sleeper projections. So for instance, today, will Sam Reinhart score more or have more or less than two and a half shots on goal? 
Nathan McKinnon, will he have more or less than 0.5 assists? How about Mitch Marner that we've been talking about, Toronto? More or less than one and a half points in his game tonight. That's all you have to do. No weird numbers, no odds, no over, under, none of that funky stuff. Just straight up fun. To win your 100 times bet on Sleeper, you correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. And you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. Use our promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you're going to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Again, code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, Ann. So UC Soros isn't the only uh, trade chip the Nashville Predators have. And True. Hopefully they won't use them as a trade chip at all in the... Uh, or at least in the next few months or so. Um, but you go up and down the list of Nashville Predators players uh, who are on expiring contracts, and there are some names in there. Uh, if we want to stick with goaltending, Kevin Lankinen, that's mm. an interesting one because Lankinen's been solid this year, and there are a lot of teams in need of a goaltender yes. uh, to the deadline. Uh, of course, we've talked about Tyson Berry, unrestricted free agent this year, has already reportedly asked for a trade out, um, not playing very well when he is in the lineup right now. Uh, Alexander Carrier is an interesting one. He's an unrestricted free agent. Dante Fabro is an RFA, but his name has been thrown out for years, years. and years. Since uh, he was about five. Yeah, up front, you know, Yakov Trenin, that's the biggest name right now. Unrestricted free agent, $1.7 million cap hit. Uh, Predators are going to have to make a decision about whether they want to try to bring him back or if they want to move on from him. Uh, you know, an interesting one is also at the bottom of the lineup, and Kiefer Sherwood and Cole right. Smith, two uh, unrestricted free agents on very, very cheap deals are probably going to have to get a raise wherever they wind up next. Um, but, you know, as we saw you know, with Tanner Janot last year, there's a premium on bottom line guys who are having good seasons. Cole Smith, I think, certainly fits that bill. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's also, hey, just throwing it out there, Tommy Novak's an unrestricted free agent right. at the end of the season. So, and like, there are some names in which the Nashville Predators are going to try to move. Who do you think, let's, other than Tyson Berry, because we've already that's established whole, that. Yeah, that's uh, a whole thing. Who do you think are most likely to be moved? The ones that I think are going to generate um, the most interest are players you, you named. I think Cole Smith, Kiefer Sherwood, and I do think Michael McCarron. You know that I love Misa McCarron vibes, but when you are looking at these teams that are kind of making their adjustments at the trade deadline because they are looking to make a deeper playoff run, they're generally pretty well set in their top six, top nine. You know, they know what they have. What they're looking for is is that depth piece that's going to give them a little something. And I think you can look at Cole Smith um, and you can look at the season that he had. You can look at sort of where he impacts this team in Nashville. There are a lot of teams that I think will look at him and say, you know what, this is a piece, if we're going to make a deeper run, that's going to add value. So Cole Smith, I think, is somebody that that there will be some interest in. I think Michael McCarron is the same way. I don't know statistically that maybe he is um, 
offensively got a little bit of what Cole Smith has, but I think he adds specific value in, in a depth role as well. Kiefer Sherwood, lots of speed, the same thing. So those are the guys that I think other teams are going to be looking at and saying, this is somebody that could potentially give us just enough extra something in our bottom line, in our fourth line, that's going to, that's going to benefit us in a deeper run. So those are the ones I'm really looking at. I don't think Nashville is interested in dealing Tommy Novak. I really, I doubt it too. Like I I would, I would be surprised if somebody blows Barry Trot. Like the, like the Tanner Janot. Tanner Janot. Yeah. Like unless somebody is like, we'll give you a first, second, third for Tommy Novak. I'd Um, still be like, yeah, it's it, to to be, you know, the cop out answer here. And um, I say the the people most likely to be traded are whoever gets the biggest value in return. Right. You know, it might be just as simple as that. Like, look, if you know Barry Trotz, you know, maybe he sees something in this guy. Maybe he wants to give him one more year. But hey, you're willing to come out and give me you know, a first round pick and something else for Tommy Novak, somebody who has had an insane scoring pace since coming back into the league last season, then I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be fine with maybe trading Tommy Novak or taking that gamble. Hey, if you like, I think Cole Smith is, you know, kind of earning a spot on this team moving forward, but Hey, if you want to give me a Tanner Janot type deal or throw in a first for, a bottom line player having a really, really good year. Like if you really think you're one depth piece away from contending for a cup, I'll listen to that deal. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, you know, I don't think he's going to trade both Carrier and Fabro. I think he's going to keep one and trade the other. And I think it just may depend on the answer to that may just depend on what is the better oh, offer sure. for the player. Like, is, yeah. is Carrier going to land more or is Fabro going to land more? I wouldn't be surprised if both of those names are being thrown out there right now to see, like, what each can get. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that is going to be one of the things I'm most interested in seeing because I would not be surprised if one of them is moved by the deadline. And I agree with you. This is going to come down to who makes the better offer or, or which player brings in the better offer because I think Nashville is on the fence with both of them. It's six to one, half dozen to the other. They're they're different players, but I think they complement the defense in, in different ways. And I think Nashville's ready to bring up players like Del Geizo or Stasny. So keep an eye on the defense. Yeah. And the bigger name is Tyson Berry. Obviously we talked about him yesterday where it's like, look at this point, if you're the Nashville Predators, what do you do? Just get something for him, you know, at, at this point. And I think that's kind of what the situation is at this point. The, the only problem and is I'm looking at teams that may be interested in somebody like Tyson Berry, uh, you know, you talk about Edmonton where he had a lot of success. Maybe yes, he like fits back him. in. You talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, maybe a team like the Vegas Golden Knights could mo- use maybe one more sort of depth defender. Um, these are all teams that don't have a lot of cap space right now. And right. And that is the other tricky thing is there may have to be, you know, kind of like the same situation where Tyson Berry got here, where, look, you're going to have to send us some money back the other way. 
And I'm not sure that some teams want to do that to get a Tyson Berry uh, because of the yeah. season he's had. So it's very interesting to see who could potentially be kicking the tires on a Berry deal because the teams that you would think would maybe just need one more puck moving defenseman, a veteran puck moving defenseman, um, can't really afford Barry's contract right now. So it's going to take the Predators withholding some money. And it's also going to take maybe some pieces going back the other way. And I, I really don't think there's a lot of teams chopping at the bit to do that right now for Tyson Barry. I wonder if this is going to be a trade deadline because you have teams like we're talking about Edmonton, Toronto, you've got Carolina, you've got New Jersey, you have these teams that are going to want to make some moves because they're serious cup contenders, but they don't have a lot of ching. I wonder if there are going to be some interesting three-way deals. That's something I'm keeping an eye on at the trade deadline. Is that going to be how some of this gets done? I also will go on further. I would not be surprised if this ends with just Tyson Berry going on waivers. I would not also be surprised. <laughs> Which yeah. is tough, which is tough. That's 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 a tough one. But at some point, you, I think it's very clear that the Nashville Predators and Tyson Berry want to move on. That may yeah. be how it happens. Yeah, uh, I'm with you right there. Um, interesting to see what the Nashville Predators do with this deadline. That's for sure. Uh, tomorrow, Nashville Predators taking on the Minnesota Wild, uh, who looked really good last night, but oh, they looked did. very good light lately. Uh, but they did look very good the last time they played the Nashville Predators. So who knows what is going to happen? We'll have a preview of that game coming up tomorrow on the show. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on social media at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me on social media at underscore NS Morgan. Read my work at penaltyboxradio.com. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.